Not a single one of them is a podcast. Fueled on passion. Let me play my part. Check two, hey. Check like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. Helpless little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. Awesome. I'm interviewing a podcaster today. Yeah, hey, this is weird. <laughs> but I'm digging it so far. How do you like the dark side, Ryan? It's, uh, it's like I said, it's, it's a little weird, but uh, I'm, I'm getting used to it. I've actually done this a few times now, and it gets a little easier every time. I always know I'm doing a good job when my guests say, I feel a little weird. I'm like, all right, good. Uh-huh. Good yeah, starting we, point. We grow at the edges, as they say, right? Getting out of the comfort zone is a good thing. So grow stepping at the edges. out every now and then. So. There's my teaser. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was quick. All right, so let's I'm tell a professional, the professional. What can I say? You know, <laughs> let's tell the good there, people guess, at home right? <laughs> um, what it is you do and, and uh, why I'm so excited to have you on this program. Yes. So, all right. So, my name is Ryan uh, Ryan Garza, um, and I am a podcaster, uh, yeah. like Teresa alluded to. I am a professional podcaster. Uh, I own my own business, uh, Ryan Garza Podcasting. Uh, I uh, have actually interviewed uh, Teresa in the past. Was it? It wasn't this last year. It was the year it before. It was way back in the day, 2017. <clears throat> yeah, 2017-ish. Yeah. Probably um, my first podcast interview, I think, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. So we, we had a friend in common who introduced us um, and kind of told me about the work that Teresa was doing. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like we have to make this interview happen. So... Um, so yeah, we met, we had a great interview, um, and we've stayed in contact, uh, here and there a little bit ever since. Um, so what I do is, uh, I, so I have basically two parts of my business. So, uh, the one side is a business to business business. That's sounds a little funny to say too, but it's, it's basically I do full service on location podcasting for, uh, for businesses, uh, generally like, uh, small to medium sized businesses. Um, then the other side of what I do is I do, um, the same thing for nonprofit uh, organizations, and that's actually how we met. So uh, I was uh, doing the the podcast for Twin Cities Pride, which I've done for the last. Uh, this is gonna be my fifth year now. Um, and uh, at the festival, I wandered around. I talked to folks at the festival, interview a lot of the leaders of the community, um, and uh, I actually. Um, interviewed Teresa right at the uh, Kelly Nicole Foundation booth. Yeah. And that's kind of how this all started. And maybe Teresa can kind of take it from there. Yeah. So, well, so the, the nonprofit podcast that you do is all I know of you, unless you tell, uh, aside from what you just told me. Mm-hmm. So it's called Nonpod, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. what's the website so people can start listening to your episodes? Yeah. So believe it or not, it's nonpod.com. So I Imagine got the that. domain. I also got nonpod.org, which in, well, I mean, it was a few years ago, but even a few years ago, it was really hard to get those short yeah. little domain names. And I was yeah. like, no way I couldn't believe Anything it. Anything without a million numbers at the end. It was like eight bucks and I got it, you know, <laughs> I was like, that's the kind of thing you would normally pay for. Don't so. let it lapse, Ryan. Yes. Pay I actually, so, so people like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm on that. Believe me. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Uh, people also like the short uh, the short links now too, right? So a lot of times when you're sharing, this is you know something a lot of content creators when you when you're sharing content out. Um, people like those short links, right? They don't like, you know, Amazon.file slash something, something, bunch of numbers slash something, yeah. something, user slash whatever, whatever, right? Um, so, so I <laughs> or, got or that. Or .biz. That's yeah, some shady it's really shit hard. right there. Yeah, it's really hard to throw that in someone's Facebook Messenger and for them to not be like, oh, what? Yeah, so. <laughs> Are you a Nigerian prince? <laughs> something. So, so I got uh, so I got the, um, the, the, the short domain uh, version of that. So actually, npod.co is like the short, you know, version of nonpod.com. Oh, so. I've never used that. Yeah, so I actually use that. So I don't advertise that one, except for right now, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I use that one because it makes the link even, you know, it's like, I don't know, a third short or something. And then episode title, it makes it really easy for me to share things out. Yeah. So That's cool. So Nonpod stands for Nonprofit Podcast. Yes. So exactly. you hang out with nonprofit leaders. Um, I think we met through the Center for Victims of Torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had the Kelly Nicole Foundation made their first ever donation to the Center for Victims of Torture in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, they do amazing work, as you know, as you well know, and we were very honored to be a part of that for that moment in time, and uh, I got to find some of them to be on the show. I think they get so many requests, they'll be like, get in line. Yeah, they do a lot of really great they, work. They, they're so. amazing. Um, they go to like, you know, the most dismal places on earth. I'm, I'm, I'm betting they're in Syria right now, hmm. uh, and they give mental health resources. Um, to the people who often have very little access to that kind of thing and who need it the most. Uh, exactly. You know, so. Exactly. Absolutely. So, very cool. So, we met through them and then I found out that you hang out with nonprofit leaders all day. I was like, when I started this podcast up, I started thinking about you again and saying, man, I bet he knows some. I can't imagine being in his brain for a minute and everything he's learned, all the cool people he's talked to, because it is a different kind of person that does that for a living. Yeah, you know? true, true story. And, and you know what? <clears throat> in, all, in all honesty, I, I really I started from zero. So, like, um, the, the whole non-pod, uh, sort of project, uh, kind of started as honestly, like it, it was, it was almost an afterthought. It was almost like it was supposed to be like a temporary thing that I did for a while while I was like building up the other, the more businessy side of my business. And, uh, what anybody who will tell you, uh, you know, who's ever worked with nonprofits is that, you know, you tip your dough in the water, you, you tip your toe, you dip your toe, boy, it's still early. Tip uh, your dough. <laughs> tip your dough. Yeah. <laughs> and your bartender. Uh, but yeah, so, so you dip your toe in the water and, uh, and then that's how they got you. Right. So mm. before you know it, you're neck deep in like an amazing, you know, community of amazing people doing just incredible work, oftentimes just like fueled on passion and love for what they do. And mm-hmm. I'm like very little budget yeah. and their spare time. Uh, you know, taking, you know, using their, their PTO, you know, like yeah, to go and, you know, work for free out of passion, you know, to, to help to make a difference in their little corner of the, you know what I mean? So, and I was like oblivious to all this. I mean, you know, I've, I've done my, you know, you know, habitat for humanity and like, you know, my gone to the, you know, homeless shelter, soup kitchen, whatever, like on the weekends here and there through different, you know, church organizations and group projects, whatever. But like, I never like been in it as deeply as, you know, as I, as I uh, started to at that time. And um, so one project led to another, led to another. Um, I actually started working with a domestic abuse project uh, mm-hmm. at about the same time I started working for, for Twin Cities Pride. And that was actually where I met Anna Zaros, who is now at Victim uh, uh, CBT. Center. Yep, CBT. 
Uh, and she's just an amazing person anyway. A little shout out to, to, uh, shout to out. Anna. So uh, we actually started uh, the podcast. And it was funny because like when, when I started this whole non-pod thing, like I wasn't even really sure kind of like what the format would be or kind of how it would work. I hadn't yeah. done. I was like, okay, well, you know, there's great organizations doing all this, doing all this great work. Um, not a single one of them is a podcast, you know, and I was looking around, you know, the, the landscape of, you know, all these awesome nonprofits doing great work. This was, you know, five years ago. Uh, five, six years ago or so. And, um, and I was like, well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think that I have uh, some skills, abilities that they could use, I could help them, you know, promote, you know, their, their vision and their miss- uh, mission, um, and uh, help them promote their work. So, um, so I was like, yeah, so I just, I started, I started doing that and one project led to another. And before I know it, I've got hundreds of episodes talking to all kinds of amazing wow. people from, from all over the, the, you know, Minneapolis and Twin Cities and Minnesota and, and beyond, uh, you, you know, travel community. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just started traveling uh, a little bit. Uh, I, uh, actually, uh, have, um, some connections in, in LA and New York and stuff that I'm trying to like do, do some, uh, some content based on. Uh, at some point here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's gotten to be, uh, bigger than, than I ever thought, you know, it would, I thought it was just going to be something I would just do like on, on the side and, yeah. um, it just led to a lot of really great opportunities and just meeting, you know, amazing people. So when you started approaching, uh, people like Anna and whoever in the mm-hmm. nonprofit space and said, Hey, I, I don't know what your pitch was. Were you like, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, podcasting is this really cool art form. It's having a Renaissance right now you might want to um, get involved in this or what, w- what was your pitch? How did you do this? Uh, yeah. So it was, it was a little of that actually. And, and really like the, the format of, of the domestic abuse project podcast really kind of came from, from Anna. Well, I mean, it, it was, it was a, a collaborative thing, I guess, just like making music, right. It was, you know, uh, you know, some people bring some of the pieces and other people bring some of the pieces. And before you know, it, you've got this like amazing, beautiful thing. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was, it was literally, it was like, okay, well, you know, I have this skill that, you know, like what, what can you use that for? And what I realized is that, so like every, uh, just like every business, every nonprofit is, is unique and, um, they do their work in different ways and their messaging all, you know, goes out in different ways. Some people, uh, some, some organizations have a lot of, uh, events like that, you know, um, fundraisers and galas and, you know, lunches and meet and greets and whatever. Um, other organizations don't do much of that. They do a lot of like social, uh, media, uh, they do a lot of, they, they have like a blog or, um, you know, a newsletter. And so really kind of what, what I discovered over, over the years is basically like figuring out, um, how each organization that I've worked with does their messaging and then just sort of like, um, sort of absorbing that messaging and, uh, sort of just adapting it into an, into an audio, into an audio podcast mm-hmm. format. Um, and so with domestic abuse project, uh, a lot of their work that they do is curriculum based, you know, so what, so quick hot take on, on domestic abuse project. Yeah, please. So I'm they, really interested in them. so, um, they're one of the only organizations around, uh, maybe even one of the only organizations in the country, uh, that their whole jam is that they serve the entire family. So, uh, there are a lot of organizations doing a lot of fantastic work in the country, um, serving, uh, victims of domestic abuse. And they don't even like to use the word victim, but you know, like, um, uh, the, the people who have had abuse perpetrated upon them, um, and children and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, so DAP is different because they actually, uh, serve the whole family and they treat the whole family. So they've been around for, I think this is like their 40th year now that they've been doing, uh, what they do. They actually, um, have a lot of curriculum tailored towards, um, 
towards uh, people who have used abuse. So oftentimes it's the man in the relationship. Um, however, over the last number of years, they've also um, they've also really started to talk about how um, you know abuse isn't necessarily like it's it's not a heteronormative thing where it's like it's only affects this uh, group of people with this identity. So, in fact, I was really uh, honored to do an episode, uh, a crossover episode. Uh, between Twin Cities Pride and the Domestic Abuse Project uh, a couple years ago where we talked about domestic violence uh, in the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so so they they have programs uh, directed at, like oftentimes it's women or people uh, who have uh, had violence uh, or not even just like violence. It's like a black eye or a bloody lip. It's, um, you know, there are all kinds of abuse. They talk about that. Um, and, you know, they have children's programs and they have um, programs for for the men. And uh, or the people have used abused, and so what we realized right away is like, wow, there's all this great curriculum that like pretty much the only way people get, I mean, to hear hear it is if they're like in a program, right? If they're yeah. in a program here, it's not like they're gonna put up a giant billboard, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and of course, you know, their their resources are limited, and you know, they need to uh, to use their resources, you know, in the way. And so, like, and what I realized again, this is me like coming from like non and nonprofit world, <laughs> like uh-huh. just, I mean, you know, literally like like Dorothy landing in Oz and just being like, wow, like just having my eyes open and just like, wow, there's so many amazing people doing so much awesome work. Um, and what I realized is that, um, and this and this actually is right at the core of kind of what I do. I mean like overall, like with, with whether it's a business or whether it's a nonprofit or individual, a consultant who, whatever, uh, project I'm working on, um, is that, um, you know, they're, they're taking this time and, and DAP, for example, like they have, uh, some, some of the, some of the greatest minds, you know, they're, they're people that, you know, that, I mean, that just research this stuff, like, you know, all day and, you know, have, uh, so much experience and, and so much love and passion, uh, and talent for what they do. Um, is they spend all this time like crafting this incredible uh, content. At the end of the day, it's just it's basically just content um, and and curriculum. And I'm like, no one like ever gets to see this, you yeah. know, except for the people who you know. So, um, so what we figured out right away is okay. Well, we want to share this this um, this curriculum with people. And DAP is all about prevention, right? They're all about like preventing, um, you know, abusive. Uh, episodes and situations before they happen. I'm like, well, wouldn't it be great to share some of this out with, uh, with the community? Um, also another thing I love to do with nonprofits is I'd like to focus on, um, what I call like the, you know, the superheroes or the, the unsung heroes, the people working like, you know, long hours over uh, underpaid, you know, whatever the whole, the whole thing, um, who in most cases could be making a lot more money, (laughs) like doing something else. You have to be driven, intelligent, you know, self-starter, all these, you know, corporate buzzwords, you have to be all that to be impactful uh, in a mission-driven organization. There's just no big paycheck at the end of it. Yeah. I'm trying to do both. You know, I've got my day job and then I do this when I can. But there's always that thing, man, how much further would the foundation be by now if this was all you did? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and to me, like I'm, I'm standing back, you know, just getting into this world, like I'm standing back, like in awe of these people. I'm like, how, like, do you do it? And I mean, I'm sure you sleep occasionally, but I'm not sure when that would be probably, you know, but, <laughs> and so, uh, and so, yeah, so I also use it, uh, as, as a means, as a platform to, um, to shine a light, you know, on, on these people who, you know, most of the time don't get much recognition for, for what they do for grinding away in the shadows there, mm-hmm. you know, doing, you know, all the work that they do, you know? 
Um, and so, yeah, it was a matter of coming up with, okay, well, we want some of the, uh, episodes to be curriculum based. We want some of the episodes to, you know, focus on some of the amazing people in the community. They're doing this great work. Um, they have just like, just like most, um, nonprofits, they have a couple of big events that they have every year. Um, like, uh, they have a big, it's usually a luncheon, but this year it's like a big gala. Now it's like a big, uh, it's like a 40th anniversary gala. So, wow. 40th, 40th anniversary for DAP. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. And so I, I, I cover like those sort of like live events, you know, where, uh, it's sort of a coming together, like of all of their sort of like supporters in their community. And what's really fun is I get to go around and call it like red carpet style. Uh, so you, you've seen me just basically how I am at the festival. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, people say I'm like a, like a ghostbuster or something with my backpack and the headphones, the whole thing. <laughs> you got such around. a good rig. I need, we're going to talk about that before you leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let me forget to ask you about your field rig because, yeah, absolutely. uh, I've had very few but very interesting situations at Pride where I just was like, I'm just going to grab my shotgun mic Mm -hmm. and walk up to people and be like, I'm doing a podcast on mental health. And without telling the entire Kelly story, that's a lot to throw at a stranger. Um, Does anyone have anything to say? And it was all yeses. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. People are ready to talk about this stuff. You know, they they really are. But I'm fumbling around like getting. my hands are both full. (laughs) Meanwhile, you've got like this flak jacket like. Fuck you! Let me check my gain. I'm, like, I'm yeah. good, bitch. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's it's been a work in progress. It's it's been years. I mean, really, and I'm still refining it. Like I'm still getting you know new it's little cables. Perfect, and it? It's never you know just like new cables. Any, Mogami. Uh yes yeah I yeah. just uh, yeah I'm I'm I'm, right. I'm a big boy now I just moved up into Mogami world <laughs> sponsor. Yep exactly yeah I wish maybe someday soon Mogami if you're listening tap 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 right. <laughs> Arigato. Yeah. So yep yeah three foot cable three foot cable. Fifty-five dollars, fifty, fifty bucks. Yeah. Easily, easily. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but it's so, noiseless. It is. It is. You know. Um, so. See the one hanging on that telly. Oh, all right. That was the day Cal taught me about Mogami cables, uh-huh. and I saw the price. I was like, "What are you doing to me?" She goes, <laughs> um, "Okay, uh, get get the uh, oh, what the hell was it? Um, you know, get the other one. Then go ahead." Mm-hmm. And she had this look on her face, like, "Oh, my girlfriend doesn't get it." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'll buy this Japanese cable. What what is this?" And she was like. If I had an unlimited budget right now and I could redo the studio, it would just be all cables. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's so funny. Like, people don't realize. It's Mogami. Like, uh, yeah, Mogami. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Mogami. Sponsored by. Maybe not. Um, but yeah. So yes, that that is a project uh, that will be ongoing for some time, swapping out all my cables to Mogami You can borrow my point, soldering so. gun and make them yourself hey, and save hey, half hey, the hey. money. There we go. We'll, we'll, talk after, we'll talk after about that, too. There you go. I'll rent it out. The uh, Kelly Nicole Foundation will rent out the soldering gun. Hey, there we go. Gun. Cool. There we go. Another another. another stream i know you guys have multiple streams of funding there you, go. you maybe, have so much maybe, revenue maybe, i can't figure maybe there's out what to another do with stream it. so if only there were more people that needed help i'd figure out what to do with all these millions of dollars oh i know right yeah still so waiting for money, our first so. you have to to get any of the money from uh streaming revenue from from music ah. you have to <laughs> wait for it you have to eclipse 50 dollars. yeah still waiting oh wow okay well <laughs> they you don't know. send out checks for 35 bucks slowly slowly but surely. well hopefully I the guess. podcast will help hate becoming itunes spotify all right yes gap can you talk at all about domestic abuse projects curriculum yeah um so yeah so basically they have three well three three big ones and like a handful and oh yeah so i forgot my disclaimer uh in case it's not obvious by now uh so you know i have zero background in like social work uh you know psychology any sort of this you know um, so I, I just make podcasts, no, that's so, cool. um, but so in, in my uneducated sort of way, I'll try to explain it to you. So they basically have three, uh, 
sort of three different areas that, that they work in. So they have uh, a, a children's program, they have a men's program, and they have a women's program. The men's and the women's programs are sort of ever kind of uh, evolving and changing, um, especially over the last few years to incorporate um, people's, you know, various identities and genders and that kind of thing. Um, but that's basically the best way to sum it up right now. Um, they have a young men's program, for example, too. They have, uh, like a, like an infant, uh, program. This actually gets to something that we probably wanted to touch on too. So they started their, I think zero to five, zero to three kind of like program, just like a couple of years ago too. Um, and I told you that they're these amazing people that are just like, you know, doing all of this research, like all the time. And like that, that is actually what drew me to the organization in the first place is that like, they're, they're ever innovating. They're always ahead of the curve. I mean, other organizations across the country, probably across the world, look to them, you know, to see like what they're doing and like what research they're implementing. Um, but a few years ago, um, what they realized, so they, they posed this question, um, I guess amongst themselves and other researchers and other uh, professionals in the field, they're like, okay, <clears throat> you've got, uh, like a two child household, and let's say mom and dad are arguing and screaming and having a domestic dispute, um, you know, in the kitchen. You've got, uh, you know, the, let's say the six-year-old sitting there at the kitchen table cowering and you've got, you know, the, the one-year-old in the crib. Um, and which, which one is going to be more affected, right? And so it was always, well, probably uh, the six-year-old who understands what's going on or the four-year-old understands what's going on and is able to like process that is going to be more affected. And the little one-year-old in the crib isn't going to be very affected by it because they don't understand and they don't know what's going on. Well, apparently they've done tons of research over the last like, uh, you know, several years. And what they realize is that because like babies at that age, like your brain is a sponge and like all the neuro sort of transmitters are still forming that it actually, um, can end up uh, affecting that infant. Um, you know, in, in a lot more serious ways than, than, than previously thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sort of the impetus to them starting this, uh, this like zero to three, whatever, um, infant basically program, uh, like a few years ago. So that's the kind of thing, like they're always innovating and they're always like, you know, embracing it. And I'm like a techie, geeky, futuristic sort of sci-fi kind of guy. Yeah. So like, I love that they're just, you know, always, and they're usually like, like ahead of the curve. Like even, even 40 years ago, for example, we just mentioned 40 years ago, mm-hmm. um, even, even nowadays, it's um, <clears throat> it's it's always a hard sell to go to politicians or the people with the money, um, you know, different municipalities, and say, "Hey, like we want money um, to uh, provide treatment and create programs for um, essentially men who have slapped their wives around, right?" And it's it's always you know, <sighs> that's and, a tough sell. Yeah, and that's and you know that's and, and I'm only like characterizing it that way because you know. Uh, that's how I feel probably like a lot of times the people who have the money, like here, even if, even though that's not the case, um, you know, they never of course address, uh, people who have used abuse like that way. But I think no matter how you address them, like whether you phrase it as like, you know, we're creating programs for, uh, for people who have used, uh, abuse, uh, against their intimate partner. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I think what those people hear, what those people, you know, with, uh, with the purse strings, you know, yeah. here is like for, oh, for no good low life men who have slapped yeah. around their families. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's always kind of a hard sell, but so like, and that's, that's even today in 2019, 2020 here, um, you know, imagine 40 years ago when they were like, we feel, okay, here's the problem. Like we have, you know, women and children, um, being battered, I guess was the, the term back then. Um, and is that out now? it's, yeah, the, so I think it was like the, the battered women's movement is what they called it for a long time. 
Um, and now sort of the terminology around that is, has changed, but we still reference it sometimes in some of the episodes. Um, but so when they were, you know, back then 40 years ago, like a lot of the, a lot of the other organizations were probably like, oh, well, we need money to serve, uh, you know, these women who have been abused or these children who have been abused. There weren't a whole lot of people going to, you know, lawmakers and, you know, uh, different municipalities and saying, you know, hey, we want money to like create programs for Mm -hmm. the men. Because back then, even like now, uh, they were, you know, a, a lot of people even nowadays are like, lock them up and throw away the key. Like they're no good, you know, horrible members of society and they should never see the light of day again. Or we didn't have the... Uh, psychological know-how or research to know what to do because that was my first question when I started the foundation. I went to someone I trust very much, a lifelong psychologist, PhD, um, expert on trauma, and said, you know, ounce of prevention, pound of cure, that Mm -hmm. whole thing, um, and said, what can we do for the predators? Now, my world is more, it gets even darker, Mm -hmm. you know, um, with the sexual abuse and different messed up stuff that's not as much down gender lines as far as I know. Mm uh, and and the response was something along the lines of it's really hard to reform people. Mm-hmm. It's you know it might be worth it to focus on recovery, and that's most of what we do. So for you to say that there's innovation, and that you can do preventive work and prevent domestic abuse is like the sun is shining now. Yeah. Like this this is really a hopeful thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so so sort of their their whole premise behind everything they do is that. Uh, that that using abuse is a learned behavior, right? And oftentimes it's it's generational. Like these these men, uh, often most of the time men, um, who have used this abuse uh, with their intimate partners, this kind of abuse with their intimate partners, um, generally like learned that behavior, like as a as a coping mechanism or as a way of getting their needs met, uh, sometime early on in life. And um, so as these are all learned behaviors, uh, their whole thing is that. Um, that these behaviors can be unlearned. And so that's what all of their programming and what all of their curriculum is built around is, uh, is basically doing a lot of that, uh, that, that therapy and sort of reparative work, um, to, uh, to figure out how, uh, best to help these people sort of unlearn that behavior. And not just that, not just unlearn the behavior, but put in place of those behaviors, like better coping skills and better, Mm -hmm. Uh, ways of managing your emotions and and really like healing the entire family and actually something something Anna said to get back to you know to our mutual friend Anna Zaros um, said I think like in our first episode I think I always like to talk to to the individuals that I'm working with even if they're there you know talking about the organization if they're you know sort of talking sort of going down sort of the you know, the outline format of kind of all the points that they want to hit about the organization, whatever. I always like to take a couple of minutes at the end of every episode and ask like, okay, okay, let's, let's take off your development director hat for a second. Let's take off your communications, uh, you know, coordinator hat for a second. Like, why do you do this? Mm. Like, like, what does it mean to you yeah. to be involved in this work? And like those, a lot of times those are some of my favorite moments of, of episodes because it's like, oftentimes I think people in those positions, um, you know, I think they're probably so, um, they're so busy with like the day to day and because nonprofits are very often like, you know, shoestring sort of by the, you know, mm-hmm. like where are we going to get the money and sort of like getting to the next function or getting to the next fundraiser, getting that next grant is sort of like such a grind kind of thing For sure. <clears throat> that I think, um, not only do those people who do that kind of work, like probably like very rarely like sit and think about themselves, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. but I don't think they very 
like I don't think they get asked. They don't get asked very often. Yeah, it's you know? it's about the mission. You know, oh, you did this and this and this for these people and this organization and da, 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 and then they kind of become invisible, right? Yeah, yeah. And when and when they do, because they're so passionate, because they love what they do so much, and because uh, you know they love their organization and the work they do so much, anytime they do have an opportunity. You know they're going to use that opportunity to talk about the mission. Yeah, <laughs> right? not so, to self-aggrandize and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's you know, um, and I always joke that's that's how that's how they know they have the right person in the role. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Get the music behind the mission. Hate becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at KellyNicoleFoundation.org. Courage is from Amplified!